Hola mi gente, this is your girl Odalis Jasmine and y'all are tuning into Hella Latino. Y'all, I am hella excited to be talking to the one and only La Creme de la Creme, Eileen Jimenez. She is the star of Designing Miami on Netflix, a badass Latina, founder and creative director of Sire Design, which is an internationally recognized Miami-based interior design studio, mostly made up of Latinas, o sea, check it out. And in this episode, Eileen walks us through her first-gen journey in traveling the world and creating Sire Design, how the Netflix deal came about, and even gives us the cheese on what's next for Designing Miami. Is there a season two? Mm, vamos a ver. This is some pollo tropical <laughs> leftover, like water. <laughs> I've had so much coffee today. I, I need to it. stop taking so much coffee. <laughs> Girl, when you were talking about coffee in the show, you're like, I'm first generation Cuban. Absolutely. Yes, I can't survive without it. I was cracking up because I'm like, that's the thing. Like I was drinking coffee when I was five years old. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's almost like religious. <laughs> like you have to have it. It's, you know, your parents give it to you like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get, like get the energy, right. go to school, and then like die down by the time you go home. I feel like the, the overall. We're like crashing at six years old in school. Exactly. I think, no, I think I think that's the reason why they gave it to me. So I wouldn't crash because I would like fall asleep. And the doctor's like, just have a poquitico Cuban coffee and she'll be fine. And oh my God. I'm 33 now. And I'm still alive and I still made it. And I'm back. I still, I'm still functioning. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Well, I want, I have so many questions for you, Todo el Chisme. I want to first start with how I start every podcast, and that's how do you identify and why? And let me tell you, okay. I've had 80 episodes now, Imas, that have been recorded. No one's answered this question the same. And that just shows the beauty and Latinidad and just the diversity that we have. So I want to ask you, Eileen, how do you identify and why? Oh, that's, that's a heavy question. How do you identify? I identify as somebody who firmly believes that good always wins and that good things happen to good people. So every day that I wake up, I try to put the best foot forward. I'm far from perfect, very imperfect, but I'm imperfectly trying to be the best version of myself every single day possible. So if I would define myself, I would say I'm always self-evolving is a greatest way to explain it. I am always self-evolving. And like I mentioned before, well, why? Because yeah, I think there's, there's so many opportunities in life and there's so many things that we can do, but being a good person and doing things with the right intention, I think is the first foundation in anything we ever do. So that, that would be my definition. Okay. Eileen, get in <laughs> with us. <laughs> I, I love starting these episodes with like your story because I think like yeah. everyone who's watched Designing Miami knows, I mean, you're a badass Latina, oh, boss you. lady, jefa de todo, and you are just the definition of Latina excellence. But I want to go back into your story and okay. I want to learn about little Eileen, little Cubanita running around the streets of Miami, like paint the picture for us. Like what was, what was your experience like growing up in a Cuban household? You know, it's, it's, it, that's such an interesting question. Cause like, I look back now at things and I'm like, wow, like who would have thought that I was going to be in the life that I have today? You know, I never thought I was going to be where I am. I thought I was going to be a choreographer. I thought I was going to be an artist. I thought I was going to be so many things that are not what I am today. Um, but I always, one thing I do remember growing up was I had a fascination with 
business. I would put all my like peluches in the middle of my room and had like this like fake, not really fake. It was like an old school cash register that my dad, my dad had pharmacies growing up. So he had like one that was like broken and he's like, Hey, you want it? And I would like with a sticker, write prices on things. And I would sell things to my peluches and I would say like, I created that. And, and now I look back at that and I'm like, Oh my God, look at the entrepreneur me. I'm selling to nobody, but I'm selling to someone. And, and seeing those things now, it's, it's so cool. But my upbringing was, you know, pretty much like anybody else's. I, I, I lived in my own bubble. I wanted to grow up quickly. I wanted to do things, you know, already. I wanted to always like go out and help them do things and, and do things outside of what normal people were doing. I was always an overachiever when it came to education. It was really easy for me to learn. Um, and I, I feel like there's certain staples and memories in my life that I hold dear. But I wish I could tap into like my childhood and remember things that I don't remember right now to like say like, wow, this is who you are. I've always been very outgoing and, and it's crazy because I was homeschooled for high school. So most people are like, how is it that you're so outgoing and oh, but wow. coming from a homeschool background? I'm like the exception. I don't know what happened. I, I my, my, There was an error in my, in my update because I'm super outgoing and I never had a hard time connecting with people. I loved people who were older. My friends were always older. I could sit in the table with a bunch of, you know, grown adults and I was a kid and I could have a conversation. And I think that still applies to who I am today. But little Eileen was just trying to figure it out and trying to go with the flow, just laughing, trying to make people laugh and living life as best as she can. You know, okay, there are two things. One, you are like my soul sister because yo también. Like I was always around the older people. I mean, mm -hmm. until now, like all my friends are older than me, like two to three years older than me. And yeah. so I feel value in that. And it's because I grew up with viejitos, I always say. Mm -hmm. And I was always in la mesa con los viejitos. And con los viejitos. And they were talking about their chisme, la familia. Oh my God, I, I loved here, it. Like sipping my coffee. <laughs> yes, I loved it. I loved all the achievement that had nothing to do with me, but I knew everybody else's stuff. And I, I, it was just right. fun. It was just fun for me. I, I didn't have... I feel like today's generation is so different. There's like, okay, the younger crowd and the older crowd. That didn't apply to us. We didn't have cell phones when we were in a dinner table. We didn't have iPads. Talk to the people or put your head down and go to sleep. Like coloring yeah, books is as far as it got. So for me, it was like natural instinct just to gravitate towards people in general. I want to I wanna ask you more about Eileen because you said you were always extroverted. You were always yeah. like outgoing. That was actually one of my questions for you because you see in the show, I mean, that's how we know Eileen. Yeah. You're very outgoing. You're very yeah. like business entrepreneurial. You're very like Virgo jefa, like yes. 100%. <laughs> Un poquitico. What, was that always you though? Like, it sounds like it was because you're saying you were extroverted when you were younger, but when was that like coming out of shell moment for you? <sighs> hmm. See, that's the thing that I still don't, and not that I don't see myself in that aspect, but it's not something that I consciously try hard to do. I think that's just something that comes mm -hmm. off across. I think the fact that I'm a Virgo, I think that, um, you know, I, I've gone through so many things in life. I've been through, I've just like most people, most Latinos were trying to figure it out. And for my whole life, I tried to figure out what it was a route that I want to go to. Um, yeah. I'm not a quitter. That's one thing when se me mete con la cabeza and I want to do it, I want to go full, full, you know, full force with it. But I can't say it's like, okay, I have to say it's in my DNA because I am here today and it's, it comes naturally to me, it comes organically to me. Um, it's hard to pinpoint, like, have I always been that way? I think I have. If you ask my therapist, <laughs> she says, <laughs> I go, it's true. If you ask my therapist, she says that. I've always been in what they call survival mode, which is always trying to survive. And I, I'm like that in the sense of like, 
I want to be prepared for situations. So like when a situation happens or something exciting happens, I automatically go to think of like, hey, how can it go wrong to save myself from that like hurt or save myself from disappointment or save myself from, because I do feel things and I feel them internally. So I've always been in this like survivor mode of doing things. And and, and I think I've, I've always pushed to do what I want and achieve the dreams that I want. And I'll never forget when I was small, like I wanted to be in show choir. And my parents weren't on board. They're like, no, you know, we just don't have time the time for you to be able to do the extracurricular activities. And I did what any other Virgo will do. She signed the forms and behind my parents' back, I went and I did show choir. And I did exactly what I wanted to do without them knowing. It didn't affect them. It didn't alter them. It didn't. But I knew that if I wanted to survive to get there, I had to do what it what it took to be able to, you know, fulfill the things that I wanted. And I think that being constantly in survivor mode is a bad thing as an adult, but I think it also led to where I am today. And it led to always knowing that I'm ready to challenge, ready to take any challenge or any difficulty that comes along the way. And I think that's something that was also embedded in me from a very young age. I came from a very strict religious background where it was like very, you know, formal and in living in that bubble, I always was like, okay, what else? What, what, like, why? I always questioned a lot of things and I wanted to know why. And I wanted to like get out of this bubble and kind of figure it out for myself. And that's exactly what I did. I figured it out for myself. Let's talk about it because I'm over here like, yeah. yo también, like very, and it's probably just a Latino thing, right? Like growing up in a yeah. very, very religious, strict household. I mean, mm-hmm. no sleepovers for me. I was not Oh my God, not at nine at nine p.m. they were like, "On yeah, on this stuff, yeah, on this stuff." Yeah. If they even let me go out, and then my brothers would be out for like toda la noche, and they would say <laughs> anything to them. So that was my life. Yeah. Pero, how did you get out of that bubble? Like, how did you start to realize like you're in this bubble? ¿Cómo saliste? Like, how were you able to kind of build your own path? You know, I think one of the things that helped me by being homeschooled is that I graduated very early. So I graduated high school at sixteen, and I went straight to college. And going from like this bubble of not having friends outside of like the specific circle of friends that my parents and my family authorized and were approval of, like not having sleepovers, not being allowed to do any of these things, put me in that bubble. But when I went to college, and I mean, I'm a 16-year-old who her whole life has lived in a bubble, goes to college in another country, it's like, whoa, like it was like a culture shock. It was legit like a culture shock and seeing all these things. And that's where I learned to kind of like, okay, I mean, I had my first drink at 21. Like who has your first drink at 21? Like everybody's already drinking at like 17, 18, 19. But it was when I started like getting friends and getting out of that comfort zone of what I grew up my whole entire life here in Miami. I moved to Costa Rica to go to college. I went abroad and being outside of my comfort zone and being in a whole entire different world open that curiosity of like, okay, what else is there? What else is there out there? What, you know, and I took the leap and I made decisions and I said, I'm going to do whatever it is that I want to do. Some decisions were great. Some decisions were horrible, but I think they all taught me something. They all taught me something and, and going at it and just jumping. It's like I said on the show, like, how do you know what it feels like to drown if you don't jump in the water? Like, you have to, you have to just get, get out of your comfort zone. And I think that's what led me to being like, okay. And, and, and being forced to be in that situation, being forced to be out of completely everything you've ever known, all your friends that you've ever known, being in a whole new culture, a whole new world and saying, okay, what do I want, you know, my life to be? And, and I think for, you know, you probably understand the same thing coming from a background where like it's so confined, it gets to one day where you're like, okay, 
I'm done. I want to break the cycle. I, I want to see what the world is like and you define what you want the future and that path to be. And that's ultimately what I did. Not everybody celebrated it. Not everybody was on board, but I knew that it was a decision I wanted to make for myself. And here we are a gazillion years later. I love that you said not everyone's going to be on board because I, I always joke that Latino families are the biggest lovers and haters at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, absolutely. No one loves you as hard as a Latino family, but, but nobody hates like, you at the same time. Haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. But you love it. But I love them for it. I love them for it. And one thing that I talk a lot about is this like scarcity versus abundance mindset. And mm -hmm. it's what you're talking about, like. Viviendo en una vida where it's survival mode because you grow up with immigrant parents and you see them yeah. working all the time. Like your brother struggle. I was working when I was 13. Like it's always kind of like mm -hmm. survival. You got to feed the family. You got to work. And then being in the place where you get to have abundance, it's almost like this first generation privilege and pressure mm -hmm. that we have of taking the world by storm. And that's one of the reasons I loved, loved, loved designing Miami because it showed like... What I loved about it was it wasn't this reality show that showed the drama and the, yeah. the you know, whatnot. It showed the cattiness. Just Latino <laughs> ex. Yeah, yeah, I was, you know, girl, I mean, no shade to other reality shows, but yeah. sometimes the cattiness is just like, I don't want to watch this whole show. Like, I feel like yeah. my brain cells are muriendo, like, you know. Mm -hmm. But when I watched Designing Miami, it was like, this is so dope because it shows the work ethic that Latinos have mm -hmm. and, the, and, and just the hustle that we have innately and I think that's, you just represent that so well. Thank you so much. And that means a lot because ultimately it goes to show, and, and I think one of the things that I wanted to be a biggest takeaway of the show was showing that you can be successful without tripping somebody else along the way. You can create abundance. You can create success. You can create happiness. You can create all of these things without having to be catty and fight. Like, don't get me wrong situations happen and there is cattiness in the real world and there is drama and there is aspects of it but i would say in real life if we ask the majority of people it's the minority and i would say if you have that much drama going wrong you have a problem you're the you're the problem <laughs> you're the problem better that yeah. drama does happen but like why are we not highlighting more that you can be successful and that you can do amazing things without having to like fight your way through it or be catty like that's just not the world we live in. And, and being able to showcase, is that, showcase that is what I wanted, you know, show that, yeah, there are hardships. Yeah, there's difficult moments, but the majority of life is great. And the majority of the hard work when you do it, it's well-received. It doesn't have to come with like a backhanded compliment or somebody trying to, you know, like steal your, your, your light. No, there's enough light for all of us to shine throughout. I love that because, you know, sometimes you just want a piece of the cake and people are like, nah, it's my cake. And I love that you're, and that's actually another question I had for you was, was it intentional to build a team full of Latinas and immigrants and just like, you just have a badass team. And I was like, when Valentina was telling her story, I was like, oh my God, crying. It reminded me of my mom. It reminded me of people in my family. Was was that intentional for you? It just happened organic, organically. It really just happened that way. It, it was. It hasn't been like, okay, I didn't put a job post. Like, you must be a Latina. No, it just happened that way. You know, because everybody that came on board, obviously there was one person, then another person came, and then another person came, and I and the team has grown. And since the show, the team has continued to grow, and they're still all female Latinas. I just think Latinas have a will to want to work hard, and we're committed, and we're going to do things we're going to do them right, and not, we're not going to do them at all. And I believe in that. And I find nothing wrong with having, and don't get me wrong, I've gotten a lot of like, comments like oh why don't you guys have more men and why are you not like why is it not so diverse let's be honest 
for the last hundred years, businesses have been run by men. And nobody questioned why offices were primarily men and minority women. So why are you coming at me now? Like I'm a small, I'm a small company. I'm, I don't, I don't employ 500 people. Doesn't mean I'm never going to have men. It just so happens that this is, these have been the cards that have been dealt with. And why is it a problem? I feel it's time to be able to showcase and give Latinos and give women the same grace that men were given. And men need to just sit down smile and applaud for the good job and not question like okay well why why is they, they say te miras más bonita. we can say that to men right i don't see anything wrong with that i don't see anything wrong with it being a full you know staff of, of females and that they're all empowerment i mean really what it comes down to coming to this team is not about like are you male or female it's do you have what it takes do you have the commitment? Do you have the drive? Do you have the talent? Do you have what it takes to be a part of this team? Because if you're here, you're not mediocre. So if that is what you're going to bring to the table, this is not the place for you. And eventually, I'm sure there's going to be more people brought on board. And I'm more than happy to bring them men on board as well. They just have to be able to keep up. Girls, <laughs> you. I thought you were going to say Ray takes care of the male employment. I'll, he does. Like- well, he does. I will say this. I will say this. He has team is primarily men. He has... No, I lie. It's primarily female too. So he has, I'll tell you, one, two, three, four, including himself, male, and one, two, three, four females. So he's balancing it out. He's 50 50. Okay. Yeah. So he's 50 50. I thought his team was all men. I was like, I kind of like this, like all Latino men and then all Latina women and like, I know. (laughs) It's just, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't. He found, he saw that female power. He's like, I can't. I have to find it. I have to find it. Right. No, but he has an amazing team. He has an amazing team. Yeah. Both of you, I think both of you are just so, just what you were saying earlier, like there's a way to succeed without stepping all over people or, Mm -hmm. you know, having to fight your way to the top. Like there's a way to bring people and community together. I want to hear about your first hire. Mm -hmm. Like, what was that? You come from a small business and as a small business owner, like I'm just inspired by what you've been able to build. How was that moment from like small business to now hiring like five, 10 people? I mean, I remember when it was the first one, I was scared shitless. I was like, oh my God, it's another mouth I got to feed. Like, oh, like this is at the time where I was working out of my loft, you know, so working at home. And it was, I mean, it was nerve wracking. It was nerve wracking. But I go back to, and maybe this is just the demeanor of how I am. I don't, I don't see things like, okay, well, no, I can't, I can't do that because there's this problem. I say, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. And that's what I've always done. And I think I, when I brought the first team on board and the team member on board, and we were able to produce and create something more, and I saw the handing off task also to people who do things better than you, because let's be honest, yes, I've created this, but everybody who's a part of the team contributes to something that they're better at or that they're good at. And that collectively as a whole, when you put all of us and our little grains of salt together, we have this amazing, you know, vampire, like we like to call it. So when I brought the first person, it was like, okay, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is great. Like, wow, we're able to create this. And I was like, all right, I think we're ready to bring one more person on board. And that's how it progressively has gone. And the growth has been there. I think believing in myself, believing in the team, believing in the capabilities and having a strong sense of process. I I say our success is the fact that we have a process in place of how we do things and continuing that process and perfecting that process is what, what, allows us to go and grow as much as we have. 
But of course, at the beginning, I was scared. Of course, I was terrified. Of course, I wasn't sure, you know, from hiring my first person to going from working from home to opening my own studio to now having a studio and a team of eight and, and continue growing and doing multi-million dollar projects and building from the ground up. I think it's that idea and that mentality of survivor mode that I will always do what it takes to make sure that the decisions I make are followed not only with deep thought, but also followed with hard work in order for me to be able to continue to grow. So with every person that I've brought on board, our projects are larger, we've expanded more capabilities, our knowledge. I think, again, following a process and having that process in place it's what's led it to be such a success to the point where I'm able to bring more people in the team, just continue growing and growing. I, I have so much admiration for you. And I, oh, thank I'm you. just curious, how do you balance that. it all? Like, how do you balance like being a boss and being a, a business owner and being a wife and dealing with your family, asking about los niños? Like, how do you deal with all of the things in your life and how do you balance it all? I mean, I think I have no idea. I really don't. There's not like a set. No, I swear. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I wake up every day at four o'clock in the morning. I don't. I, I, I see things as I am prepared. I'm due diligent. I'm very like schedule. I write a lot of things down. I process. I think my brain has like 47 tabs open at the same time. And I think always being in that constant movement is what allows me to do so many things at the same time. But I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what the right approach is. I've learned to, there's times where I need to focus more on work and there's times where I need to focus more on my personal life and there's times where I need to take a break from all of that. I really go with whatever my body, my soul, and my, you know, you know inside when you're crying yourself. You know when you're doing, you just got to go with what your gut says. Work really hard and figure it out along the way. And it's okay if you don't have a specific like route like okay this is what i do on monday i wake up and i do this on tuesday i do have a sense of routine in many ways but my routines are also with constantly thinking of how to do things better and how to also enjoy life at the same time can i just say i'm glad you're not that like wake up at 4 a.m and no. do this and have coffee no. by five and work out by no. six and no i mean you hear all those stories but i love the honesty of like everyone no that's not wired me. very differently like everyone's no. wired differently. And what I mean, I'm a night owl. It may not work. I'm a night owl. So my greatest thoughts sometimes come out. Like last night I was like in the urge to want to work. And I worked till two o'clock in the morning because I wanted to. Because I wanted to. And because that's what I felt. And at that moment I had so much going on. And I took advantage of that fire that I had to be able to go and work and do what I needed to. But I'm also that person who wake up at 6.45, sit in bed, have coffee with my husband. I'm not like... I, I like enjoying my life. I like enjoying what I'm doing and creating things that are amazing and enjoying it with great people. And I think living a stressful life and, and don't get me wrong for people who need to have that rigid, you know, schedule because that is what works for them. I, I admire it. I applaud it, but that just doesn't work for me. What works for me is, you know, doing it in the way where I feel I listen to myself. I, I feel like you have one life. Enjoy it and do it the way you want to and do things how you want them at the speed you want to. Snap, snap, snap to that. Before we get, right, Beto? Before we get into, so I, I want to go into our cafecito and cheese segment okay. in a little bit and talk more about Sire Design, about Netflix, how that came about. But okay. before I get there, I want to ask you a personal question because yeah. I love the Latino power couple. O sea, 
<laughs> I want to know the love story. Como se conocieron? Like, how did y'all meet? I want to hear all the little. Of course. Be like with my cafecito, I'm ready. To so, <laughs> so Ray and I obviously, you guys know Ray has his company, and I have mine. That is exactly how we met. We met through a mutual friend, which happens to be your wallpaper vendor, and he invited me to an art Basel event. He invited him to an art Basel event. He would always talk to me about him, vice versa. We, our stories just never aligned. I was in a relationship, you know, for a while. He was in a relationship for a while. Eventually, we were both single and I walked into the party. He was the first person I saw. He looked at me back and the whole night we just kept on glancing until there wasn't that many people. And eventually, you know, Christian was like, hey, do you know Eileen and vice versa? And pretty much the rest is history. That day we met and we were inseparable ever since. Literally, we it's saw each other so almost every single day for like six months, nonstop. And so we're like, okay, so like, are we dating? Are we like doing this? Yeah. You guys are so just like so cute. I feel like I'm watching mom and dad on screen. Like, Aww, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love him. He's, he's the love of my life. Oh, and that gives us hope for all the Latinas, hopefully listening. You can find your man. Yes. It doesn't matter when it happens. You will find that person. That when you're not looking and then you don't expect it. Mm. It's when it appears. And you'll know. You know that saying where everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to know. And you know, like, no, for real, as cliche <laughs> as it sounds, it's true. You just know when you have found the person. You, you'll know. I love that. Follow your gut. So I want to transition into um, our cafecito and chisme okay. because I want to I want to hear about how Sire Design and Netflix found each other. Like, what's that like coming together love story? Because I'm just so happy that they put this show on Netflix because it's probably one of the best reality shows that they put on there oh, you're like, so honestly amazing. i've Thank been obsessed you. with designing Fine. miami i've been telling everybody to watch it <laughs> you guys are so amazing no i mean the upward of love that we've received has really been fantastic but yeah you know how netflix came about was i had done some stuff before in tv in the past we i had done some segments stuff like live tv i never really thought like anything would come of it and you know one day out of the blue an executive producer that i had worked with in the past called me and I'm like why is he calling me whatever I answered he's like well have you been up to and I was like hey it's been a few years he's like I see everything that you're working on on Instagram like you got married he thought we worked together he's like oh so you and your husband have a company I was like no actually he has his company and I have mine he's like wait wait so you guys are married but your competitors I was like yeah technically long story short they flew down from LA they filmed a pilot and that pilot got you know pitched out and we received three offers and ultimately, we ended up going with Netflix and Designing Miami was oh, wow. born. Wow. This is someone that you worked with? Yeah. Yeah. So it was an executive producer that I had worked with in the past for other pilots and other things we had done. And we had just stayed in contact. And wow. Who knew later on, he would just call. And then he's like, hey, listen, I would love to get on a Zoom with you guys. And I'll never forget that morning. Ray was like rushing because he had to like leave and do something at the office. I don't even remember what it was, something at the office. And I was like, hey, babe, do you want to do the Zoom with me for like a possible like show collaboration? I was like, if you're busy, it's okay. He looked at me, he's like, okay, fine. He was about to like walk outside the door and just be like, oh, no, just do it on your own. No worries. And it stayed. And Long story short, months later, we were Zooming with Netflix, we were Zooming with everybody, and we found out that Netflix had, had, had bought the show. What did your team What did your team say? Like, I want to know yeah. their reactions when you're like, hey, we're going to be on Netflix. 
I mean, so for a while, there was a lot of negotiation back and forth. We had already signed with a production company. Now, on this, we knew there was an offer. We just had to like finalize negotiations before we knew what that offer was. And I remember I was in my office and this is in my previous office and they were all inside waiting in the kitchen area. We had like this like hangout kitchen area space that we, we worked out of. And I'm that person that like when I'm on the phone and I'm nervous, I have to like yeah. walk. So we had like this courtyard. So I was outside walking. And when I remember at the beginning of the conversations, they had said, you know, you can be in any network for your first season. What network will you want? I was like, well, if I'm going to have one season, it's like I would want it to be Netflix. So when we get the call that day, you know, the executive producer's like, I think I made your dream come true. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, your show is getting a whole season, eight episodes on Netflix. And I remember screaming at the top of my lungs outside where people thought something was wrong with me. And the girls were in the window because they already knew that it was like Netflix. I mean, it was, it was such an exciting, I have videos and photos of that moment. It was such an exciting moment for us because, you know, as a Latina, I'm sure you understand, you see situations and you see things. And as, as a young Latina woman, the amount of struggles, hurdles, and preconceived notions that come into who we are as people from the moment we're born are in place for the rest of our lives. So situations like this, you think don't happen to you. You, know, you don't think this happens to you. You don't think you can achieve these things. So when our first shot at creating a show, we're able to land it in a platform so big like Netflix. And with the gear of creating a show that's not catty, that's not drama-based, that's so positive, was really like, I mean, till the data show didn't come out, I still didn't believe it. I was like, this is insane. How is it possible? Like, like, cause you think things like this don't happen to you. So to be able to like have that and say like, wow, we did it off the bat. Our first shot, our season one is on Netflix. Feels really, really Is there good. a season two? I can't tell. <laughs> I can't kiss and tell. I was so, like, pray. I was like, so let me see say the cheese man here. <laughs> so, okay. What can I say? There's a lot in the works. That's all I'm going to say. There's a lot in the works. Like, it's not going to be the last you hear from us. There's a lot in the works, you know, and, and, and now giving, having this opportunity, now having this growth and having this and, and it being so successful. And we want to continue doing things with the right heart, do it with the right intention and align ourselves with what we feel is best for our future and best to tell our story in the most authentic way. So there's, there's a lot of the works is what I'm going to say. And girl, I cannot emphasize enough for you and for the people who are listening that this show really represents the authenticity of Latinos. Like just hearing the Spanish on TV and hearing the, the bilingual, the like, it's just such a, feels like I'm home with my community. And I know, I mean, I see on your Instagram yeah. how many people feel the same way. Like you are really just making an impact and showing what Latinos can do. And it doesn't matter where you come from. I think of Valentina all the time and like her immigration mm -hmm. story and, and that part of the the episode where she talks yeah. about what she had to go through and how you gave her that opportunity. Like, this is what Latinidad is all about. And this is what we do. We build community. We build space. 1000%. So, uh, shout out to you. And it's great. To, it's great. And, I, I, you know, and it's great to see people like yourself on TV and people that you can connect. Because most of the time, at least for myself, if I really look back and I say like, you think of people on TV and you think of people who are on like this platform, you see them so far away from you. You see them so different than yeah. what your perspective and reality is until you see people like Becky G, you know, that are people like you and I, like 
that created something out of nowhere to see that that feels authentic that feels real and that's what we wanted people to feel and that's what i still want people to feel and that's why when somebody reaches out or messages me i respond back i say thank you i interact you know because i don't that's not something i take for granted i want them to see i'm human just like they are i'm a person just like they are it's just happens to be that i was giving this platform to be able to showcase it but anybody can do that if they do it with the right heart and work really hard and you know that's one thing i loved about just first of all you responding to my dm in general i was like que me respondió but also just like your platform because i think you don't you like people do feel so far away on tv and people don't always look like you like i'm a proud hondureña mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of hondureños on tv you don't see a mm -hmm. lot of like latinos that are i mean at least for me i grew up in a very dominant like mexican culture and i craved seeing yeah. more people like me and that's exactly why i built this platform to show what mm -hmm. latinidad looks like because we don't all look the same have the same skin tones you don't all come from the same places like there's beauty in our diversity and our stories and who we are and i wanted to show people mm -hmm. that i'm like latinidad does not look like how you see on tv like we can be loud we can be quiet we can be this like somos humanos like we're human beings so it's so diverse. diverse it's so diverse and it's what i and it's what i always say real is beautiful however that may be real is beautiful whether you're from mexico or you're from honduras whether you're from cuba puerto Rico, wherever being authentic and being yourself and being real is what makes the world so beautiful versus trying to showcase or create an image of what we should look like no this is a truth we can be as bougie as we want one day and as chill as we want the other day because that's that's the truth of of real life and one of the things we wanted to showcase the most is authenticity, real life, real storylines, real conversations, real moments, real, you know, snappy moments where I'm insoportable and I get snappy, that happens. Real, real is a beautiful thing because it's relatable yeah. and being relatable and connecting with people on, not on a surface level, but on a deep level is what we need to do more of. And I think that can ultimately change the way life is. You know, speaking of relatable, Eileen, I want to give you, first of all, I want to check in on you. Like, como estas with all these conversations about los niños? Because I think every Latina has heard, en la mesa, y cuando te vas a casar, I mean, I got that all holiday season. Y vos cuando te vas a casar, y vos esto, y vos esto. Like, the whole dinner. Like, we're like, I'm married to the hustle. Right. I'm like, mi negocio. like, this is where it's at. But no, dígame, like, how yeah. did you, first of all, how are you? <laughs> Second, Good, I'm doing good. great. But second, <laughs> how, how do you handle those moments with grace? Because I think being a first generation Latina, and, and this is not to like say, oh, pobre nosotras, pobre nosotras, but I think we have a very different experience because we are hustlers. We are building our mm -hmm. own business. My mom was the same way. She was a single mom and she was like, tenía todos sus negocios. But I feel like, I don't know, this generation of like women, of Latina women, we got a lot to think about. We're building our business and we're scaling our business. Mm -hmm. Pero también, there's this pressure culturally of like, when you're going to get married, when are you going to have kids? Mm -hmm. and otro. So how do you, how do you like handle mm -hmm. that with grace? Because you handled it with grace on the show. I was like, dang, she's so good at like, Thank she's so you, good I about tried. that. I'm like, I would be all emotional. Like, déjame en paz. Like, how did you handle that? You know, I think it, there there's two parts to the, to the question because you have, like you mentioned, generationally what our families used to and what they thought. They were dealt a certain set of cards and were dealt a different. The, the, our generation is very different than our parents and our grandparents' generation. The work that they had to do to make it is very different than the work we have to do to make it. We're very fortunate to have so much more things in our hands that allow us to 
to be honest, I think people who don't make it, it's either because they don't work as hard or really it's not in them to be able to want to create something of themselves because the cards that we have are dealt. They had it much harder. But I think also that old world tradition and that old mentality is something hard to take away from somebody that has thought that way for so long. So understanding that it comes from a place of love and a place of that is their culture, that is what they believe, that is what they grew up on understanding. It's like us trying to teach them social media, you know what I mean? Understanding that it comes from a place of love and really just being honest of what you think is you. If you're not ready, say I'm not ready. You don't know the amount of outpour of messages of girls and women that reached out saying thank you because I am in that situation. I don't know how to address it. And all I can say is be honest from the get go, from the moment that, you know, the conversation first came up, I was like, guys, it's not happening until I'm not here, 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 here. Sorry. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? They're not going to like your answer. It's your life. It's an important decision that you should make for yourself and you should never feel pressured to do it. If you even want to do it in the first place, we lived in a society for a very long time where women weren't considered whole until they weren't mothers, until they didn't have children. That is not who we are today. That it's, it's very different. And I think also in understanding that they come from a place of love, but also explaining and making them understand your perspective and why you do things and why you're creating something and you're breaking the chain that they were you know, taught to have is really, really important. Well, thank you for showing that on TV and for inspiring all Latinas everywhere to address that and have those conversations get sometimes could be really hard to address and to talk about yeah. it could be hard of course and listen don't get me wrong there's times where I was like oh my god the same conversation again and it was more than anything like more on the aspect of Ray and I because when we would have our conversations we would have ours but then in a way where he was like in a joking manner you know saying like when I said I was like, okay, I feel like I'm in a deserted island in that aspect sometimes is because you don't want the family to feel that, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, and it's just you, 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 you. There's, it's a very private conversation. And I've always been very private when it comes to like my relationships and my life. And you know, I, I feel like, you know, like they say, la ropa, lo, la ropa sucia se lava en casa. And, and those are conversations that I had internally and the reasons why are personal. Something that I don't have to share with anybody else. If I want to, I can so you know when you're in situations like that you almost feel like you have to defend the fact of that of why you're not doing it and what I wanted to showcase more was that it is okay to not even have the conversation in the first place it is okay not to even want them just yet it is okay to decide hey I'm not ready I don't want to them more I don't want to talk it, it's okay to yeah. do that it is okay to make people understand that that is a very private conversation and normalize the fact that women can be considered whole without having to birth children snaps to that they can buy dogs. They can get dogs or cats or birds or lizards. Or lizards. Oh my Whatever God. Whatever they want. Or none. <laughs> or none. Or maybe they just want to travel the world and be on their own. Probably that part. All of it. Do whatever you want. All of it. I have one last question for yeah. you, and it's it's about Sire Design. If you could redo anything okay. when it comes to your business, Netflix, anything in life, what would you redo and why? Oh my God, all the mistakes I made. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> all the mistakes I made. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. If I could redo, I can't say I would redo anything because every everything I've done has led me to where I am today and everything I'm doing today is going to lead me to yeah. tomorrow. There's no perfect path. It's whatever the path is that allows you to fulfill your dreams and your goals. So I, I would just take it the way it is. And I think that's the reason why I'm so scared to go to a fortune teller because I'm scared that she's going to alter what I think of like the future. <laughs> 
I could yeah, never either. I feel like I get everything you. that you go through and like, yeah, right. I'm like, what if she tells me that I'm meant to like do this and I like alter the way I'm, I, I don't know, Virgo, Virgo <laughs> like perfectionist cycle over here. You know, I, I, I wouldn't change anything. I think everything happens for a reason. Everything teaches you something, the good, the bad, the mistakes, the, all, all of it is, is a growing experience. So what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, like they say. So I wouldn't change anything. You, Maybe a few of the maybe a few of the makeup looks <laughs> on the show, but whatever. What? That's just, that's Your makeup look, girl, it looked on point. It looked <laughs> on point each time. I was like, she does not look this fabulous every day. There's no way. <laughs> I thank you. Thank you. No, I don't. I promise. <laughs> I don't. First of all, I'm just so grateful to you to be here and, and for sharing your story and for sharing. No, I'm grateful for you for having me. Latinas. Latinas, we do it better. We do it con a little sansoncito or something like that. But I, I want to go into our rapid fire questions because there's a lot of questions and okay. you're going to laugh at me. So this is what I did before, before I did with this, with this show, I asked all my homegirls, okay. I was like, girl, I'm interviewing Eileen, like, tell me what you want, like me to ask on behalf of you. And they were sending me all these questions and I'm like, okay, those are good questions. So I pulled together some of their questions and put it into a rapid fire. So yay, I okay. can't wait. Okay, so rapid fire, you need me like to answer rapido, quickly, like rapido. not think about it yes. or <laughs> preparate, preparate. Okay. First one, what's the best Cuban dish, hands down? Rocopoyo. That's my favorite Honduran dish, so we have to compare. <laughs> what's your mo- yes. what's your most Virgo trait ever? All right. So my most Virgo trait perfectionism Mm -hmm. yeah i saw that in the show i was like she's so a virgo perfectionism and very and and very self-critical perfectionism and very self-critical well i think the two go hand in hand sometimes right being a perfectionist just being so hard on yourself i'm a virgo rising and i'm like on the cusp Mm -hmm. between leo and virgo oh forget it you get it um next question you get it daily mantra or affirmation i choose to believe that everything that happens in the universe happens in my favor is that the alchemist? Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> what's your guilty pleasure? I love chocolate. Ooh, what type of chocolate? Hershey's with almonds or almond joy. Really? Yeah. Or almond joy, really? I love almond joy. Coconut. Is it because Oof. of the coconut? Yes, the coconut with the chocolate and the almond. Mm. Garibeña. <laughs> yes. What's your current favorite song? Whew. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, it's one from, oh my God. It's, it's a reggaeton song, but I don't even know it. I, I, it's, it's from, it's from Carol G. Damn it. It's from, uh, oh, can I, can I look it up? Can I look it up? I'll tell yeah, you right you can now. look okay, at your I'm phone. Tell you right now. Hold on. What is it? I'll tell you right now. I'm trying I'm to so guess. bad at me. Is it Becky G? Mommy. Yes. It is. Okay. That's one of my favorites too. And we'll wrap up there. Mic drop. And I know everybody who's listening will be inspired. So de verdad, con todo el corazón y el alma, like I thank you for putting your story out on Netflix and for the world to see what Latino excellence looks like. Y'all, unfortunately, the episode was way too fire and the few minutes cut out at the end. So you won't hear the rest of the rapid fire or the beanbies. But go on Netflix right now. Go on that little search bar and type in Designing Miami and binge the whole show. Make sure you have some vinito, palomitas, lo que sea. 
I swear, when I watched it, I have never felt more seen, represented, and just proud to be Latina. And I, I was watching it, and I was just like, finally, something that shows exactly who we are as first generation, as immigrants, Latinos. And I just cannot wait for y'all to watch it. So follow Eileen Jimenez and Sire Design on all social media channels, and go watch Designing Miami on Netflix. I'll see y'all next week for more Cafecito and Cheese Myth. And as always, con mucho amor, tu amiga hombreña. Ciao.